Hey everyone, welcome to Homer's Dope Nuts, a weekly Simpsons podcast where I, the Simpsons guy, and my co-host, El Ray, discuss and review every episode of The Simpsons ever made. We break down the episodes, discuss some of the references, and try to connect our younger listeners with The Simpsons family and how life has changed since the inception of the show over 30 years ago. We hope you enjoy it and provide feedback as we're always looking for ways to improve the show. Hi, everybody. And welcome back for another episode of Homer's Don't Nuts. As always, I am your host, the Simpsons guy. And as always, I'm joined by El Ray. How are you doing, El Ray? Doing good. Ahoy, hoy, everybody. Um, it's been a um, crazy week weather-wise. Yeah, weather-wise. And interesting in a bunch of other ways, too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a new dude in the White House. There is, there is. Uh, life is a little bit more interesting, maybe. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. We'll find out. We'll find what out we soon on, enough. What are we on? Day what? Two. Two? Yeah, this is day two. I'll, I'll, I'll wait 98 more days before I... you got to give them the first 100 I'll, days. I'll give, I'll give them 100. The first 100 days they always talk about. Yeah. Let's see what happens in the first 100 days. If he makes it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Ay Dios mío. Anyway, this isn't a political show, so we will continue with the regularly scheduled program. Yeah, you don't want to hear us talk about that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, we would go off the rails in a hurry. This would be a easily a four-hour podcast. Yes. <laughs> and my wife would not appreciate that at all. All right, so today we are going to be talking about... Uh, season three, episode thirteen. Yes, which is titled "Radio Bart." Yes, it is. And it was first aired January 9th of nineteen ninety-two. Yes. So uh, let's get this one started. So we'll start out with our, of course, our blackboard and our couch gag today. And this time we see Bart writing, "I will not carve gods," over and over again on the chalkboard. You think he was? Do you think they did this to avoid the "I will not carve graven images" thing? Yeah, that's what I was. It's probably a reference to that. Yep. So that was an interesting one for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we go to our couch gag, and we see the family come into frame, and they leap onto the couch, and then they are bouncing like they're on springs up and down, right? And they all kind of bounce around the couch, and then they end up in their normal spots on the couch after they seem like they're yeah, going to be yeah. rearranging a bit exactly. right it's kind of like a popcorn thing yeah kind of like that so again pretty you know it was clever. we haven't I, seen this one yet yeah, so. i thought it was clever yeah that was good which leads us into the introduction of the show and homer is walking into the living room to find lisa dancing in front of the tv at first he thinks it's cute yeah at first, he thinks it's cute, but yeah. then... She starts moving in a way that he does not like. Yes, especially for a, what is it, first grader? Yeah, she's younger than Bart. So yeah. yeah. And so she's kind of starts to thrust her hips a little bit. Yep, Homer yep. does not like this. Yep, little girl should not be moving that way in Homer's eyes. Oh, in my eyes either, yeah, but... At that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, before he can really, really get upset with uh, Lisa... He gets distracted by the TV. Yes, he notices that 
Lisa is dancing because there are some women on uh, on the TV dancing very, very provocatively. Yep. You can see them kind of like uh, shaking their booty and yep. it's even reflected off of uh, Homer's drool. Yes, Homer starts drooling looking at the TV. Yes, and you can see, like I said, not only not only is it reflected in his eyes, but also his drool. Mm-hmm. That's how intense Homer got there for a second, right? So now Homer is completely zoned out on the TV watching everything shake around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Lisa turns around and says, Dad, can I have some money to buy Bart a birthday present? And Homer does, he's halfway out the door here. He's just, I think he just says, money, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And he hands Lisa, not not one or two bills, he hands her a wad of bills, right? And Lisa's like, Dad, this is $110. And he says, oh, sorry. And he just gives her the wallet. <laughs> As uh, that's going to make the problem go away. Yeah. So Homer, not focused on Lisa at all anymore. Mm-mm. And then we uh, cut back to the TV show, right? To, back to the TV. And the guy, the MC comes on. He says, Funky C, Funky Do. We'll be right back to lip sync another of their hits right after this. Yes. So there is no originality to this whatsoever. Nope. It's a bunch of uh, scantily clad women dancing and uh, lip syncing the songs. <laughs> Reminds me of... Uh, watching the old Mexican variety shows back in the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. You know they weren't singing. No. It was all lip sync. It was all visual. Yeah. It was but, oh, I mean, God, it was it was so hard to turn away. Yeah. Well, and it's not, you can't even watch the weather yeah, on, those, oh, on my, those stations now. Yeah, that's the only reason I watch tele, Televisa. Yeah. Just for the weather chick. <laughs> woo! Woo! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lisa leaves because she needs to do some shopping and a commercial comes on. And again, we are going to notice Homer's weakness to infomercials. Yes. He is highly susceptible to he's any a, kind of advertisement. He's a sucker. Let's just call it what yeah, it is. He's a sucker. And it's for a microphone that acts as a mini radio transmitter. Right. And so Homer thinks this is amazing. Yep. All you got to do is put your uh, radio on AM Right, and then speak into the microphone, and the your voice will be projected out of the speakers of whatever it is, your car, your how your home radio, anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he thinks that this will be a bur- good birthday present for Bart. Yes, so apparently Bart's birthday is coming up. And for our younger listeners, if you don't know what AM is, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, when you would listen to the radio. You would have FM and AM, and there was different numbers and different stations, and the quality was far superior on the FM than it was on the AM. Yes, but the AM was the first radio to come along. Yes, the then AM we developed new technology yes. for the FM. Uh, the, the The advantage of the AM is you can get stations that are further away. Yes. FM, they have to be really close, but the, the, but the quality is a lot better. And now we have satellite radio. So yes, now we have satellite radio. Now, uh, so... Um, mediums of music will come up again in this episode mm-hmm. later on. So, uh, Homer's watching the commercial, right? And he's like, oh man, Bart's going to like this. And the announcer says, but order now, supplies are limited. And Homer does his, ah! <laughs> and he says, limited! And of course, he grabs the phone and starts frantically dialing the number on the screen. And then he actually, somebody answers, and he says real quick, do you have any of those microphones left? 
and the guy is yeah. just sitting back there in a warehouse full of microphones. Yes. And he says, yeah, a couple. <laughs> and Homer places his order. Yes. So now Homer's feeling pretty accomplished and we cut to him in, and Marge in bed. And Homer is telling Marge that this time he may have done it. He's finally going to successfully purchase his son's affection. Yep. He hasn't <laughs> been able to win his son's love, but maybe he can buy his son's love, right? Yep. And he's hoping this is the present that will do it. Yep. Then we cut to Bart's birthday, right? And uh, I love this scene. Right yeah, here. when they're marking Bart's height against the wall... You see them tracing the little spiky hair. Yeah, it's not a straight line. It's Bart's hair. Uh huh. Usually, you know, we do the little straight line, but no, they do the little jagged uh, cuts from Bart's hair. And you can see how much he's grown in the past year. And after they do this, right, he goes and he sits down to watch Krusty the Clown just in time for the birthday announcements. Yes, so apparently... Kids that are fans of Krusty the Clown can have their birthdays acknowledged yeah. on the show. You got to send them five bucks and your name, and they'll read. They'll post it on there for there you, you, right? There you go. So he's waiting for this, and he's as he's waiting for this, right? Because it's time to make the birthday announcements. Uh, Sideshow Mel brings out a giant birthday cake, and of course, Krusty trips him. <laughs> Mel, lands, yeah, yeah face, Mel, first. face first into the cake. <laughs> the cake, nothing doesn't really, nothing really happens to the cake. But as Mel is sideshow, Mel is, is standing back up. His hair catches on fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, which is we can then see him running around frantically with his hair on fire. I don't know. Was this before or after Michael Jackson's hair got caught on fire? Ooh, I think it was after. It had to be. After. It had to be after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so, and this is Krusty's fault because Mel was actually fine and then, like. Krusty kicks him in the ass, and that's how he falls into the candles. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Krusty says it's time to see the names of the birthday boys and girls. Now, did did you notice how fast those names were scrolling? Yes, it was a huge, like it was super fast, and it was had to be a bunch of names on there. And Bart is looking intently at the TV, waiting for his name to pop up, and and he sees it. Yep, very said, briefly. By the way, I made a mistake. I said it was five bucks. Oh, it was eight bucks. Eight, eight bucks. Because Bart says, wow, best eight bucks I've ever spent. So again, an example of Krusty. Who will sell anything Making money anyone. off anything he can, yes. Mm-hmm. Including the birthdays of his child fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As this is happening, uh, Marge picks up the phone and it's Grandpa. And he wants to talk to Bart to wish him a happy birthday. But Bart says, take a message. Right? Why? Because he has a coupon full of free birthday goodies. Yes, he's got a whole book of coupons at this point. Mm -hmm. His first stop is to get his free birthday Sunday at Phineas P. I'm sorry, Phineas Q. Butterfat's uh, ice cream shop, right? And then he says, I'm here for my free ice cream Sunday. (laughs) And the clerk, very annoyed it looks, Uh just gives him this tiny ice cream Sunday. Eat it and get out. Yep. And so Bart goes through the rest of his coupons, and next he gets a free shave at the barber shop. Mm-hmm. So we see Bart uh, laying back on the uh, barber ch- barber chair with his with uh, what do you call that? Uh, shaving cream. Shaving cream. I don't use shaving cream. That's why I don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> uh, 
with shaving cream all over his face while getting a straight shave. Yeah, getting a straight shave from the straight way. razor. Yep. Right, that's gangster well, right there. I don't there. even know if he has facial hair, but he, okay. he does. He's in, the, he's in the third grade, but he's getting it for free, so yes. he's taking advantage of it, right? And like you do, <clears throat> and like you do, for those of you that go to the barber, he's having a conversation with his barber, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Digital audio tape, my butt." When I was a kid, we had compact discs. And I don't recall no one rec- no one complaining. <laughs> and the barber tells him, damn right. <laughs> um, so, of course, Bart's, you know, trying to play the part. Yep, yep, he is. By the way, digital audio tape, that never really took off. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it died on the vine. Just like, um, what was it, HD DVD? HD DVDs and uh, uh, Betamax. Betamax. Mm-hmm. They died on the vine. Remember, this one's a deep one. Remember Minidisc? Oh, the laser disc! You remember Sony, the laser disc? Yes, I remember that too. The uh-huh. Sony mini disc. Remember yeah, that one? Yes, I do. I never took off either. Mm-mm. Sometimes you have a good idea, but it's at the wrong time. Very true. Mm-hmm. So then Bart, after his after his uh, shave, he goes and gets his free tango lesson. Uh, even by the way, the teacher she was quite a looker. Yes, she was, and she's twice his height. Yes. And uh, Bart is dancing with this uh, grown woman. Very and, well, actually. Yeah, he is. I was very surprised. He's very light on his feet. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of like, they do the dip and he's he's kind of like uh, has her by the waist. And then he kind of says, excuse me, because I have to go to my birthday party. And he kind of like drops her, right? Yeah. And she's kind of sad to see him leave, which is funny. She's like, farewell, Senor Bart. Mm. And she sighs. <laughs> right. And Bart leaves Rosarita there uh, on the floor. And next thing we know, he's at his birthday party greeting his guests. He's like, hey, good to see you. Glad you could make it. Toby, have you lost weight? You know, I, don't re- I don't remember a Toby. Me either. Ever. Me either. And I don't remember a Toby after this at any time either. Nope. So The only Toby I, I can re- recall is from The, the Office. office yeah. yeah. So I guess we have a one-time character in this episode. Mm-hmm. While uh, all the kids are coming in, they start to harass Wall-E Weasel, which I... Which, of course, is a parody of Chuck E. Cheese. Mm -hmm. So they're at a place like Chuck E. Cheese. Yep. Uh, While Wall-E Weasel is trying to deliver a pizza, all of the kids are crowding around him. Wall-E! Wall-E! Right? And Bart is playing a video game. And then we later, we see him um, talking to the... The really lame animatronic uh, band that they have yeah. there, mm-hmm. right? They still have those, man. <laughs> right. They start singing. It's who? It's the birthday, birthday boy or girl? Yeah, like, they keep it. <laughs> yeah, it's like birthday boy or girl because they don't know who they're singing to. And apparently, nobody's maintained these uh, animatronic figures in a while because one catches fire. <laughs> yeah, it does. Doesn't the jaw drop off of? Off of it first or something. Yeah, yeah. It right. sparks fly yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And then it's time to start opening his birthday gifts. The first one he opens uh, is from his Aunt Selma. And Selma gave him a label maker. Yeah, for some reason. Why would you give a... Uh, eight, there's a third, with third grade, how old are you? Eight years old? Why would you give an eight-year-old a label maker? It's probably what you had lying around at the house before you yeah. showed up to the party. It's yep. the only way. Uh-huh. And Bart isn't really happy about it. And he goes through all of the other gifts. 
and they're all pretty lame, right? He yeah. gets a cactus. Who gives a kid a cactus, right? So he's not happy at all, right? And then it's Homer's turn to give Bart his present. And then Bart just rips it open and says, next. Yeah. And Homer is not happy about this at all. Mm-hmm. And then Martin jumps into the picture. Mm-hmm. And he gives Bart a matching jacket and beret mm-hmm. that look just like the ones that he's wearing. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why he thought this would be a good idea. Maybe because he doesn't have many friends at school. Maybe. And Martin is a nerd. Yeah, he is, right? Yeah. So uh, what? they even take a picture wearing the same jacket and, and Bart does not look happy at all. Yeah, that's pretty lame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we go back to the Simpsons house, and since he doesn't have anything better to do, Bart starts putting labels on everything, including yes. the, the including the animals. Yes, including Santa's little helper. And, yep. Uh-huh. So everything says property of Bart Simpson. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Homer comes home, right, and he goes to the fridge. He's like, oh, there's one kind of beer left. And he grabs it. Oh, it's Bart's. And it's Bart's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Homer's thinking. I know, I know, I know. Uh, But he he actually put the beer back because it said property of Bart on there. So for some reason, he's going to follow that label. Mm -hmm. So then uh, he starts walking around the house. He runs into Bart and he says, hey, Bart, how's the microphone working? Right. And he's, eh, all right. And then he sees that he's using it to prop open his window. Yeah. And Homer is not happy about this at all. He's like, Bart, I would love to get a present like that. And Bart just grabs it and gives it to him. Here you go. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and Homer says, no, no, no. This is this is a great present, right? He turns on the radio. He grabs the microphone. He turns it on. He starts singing, right? Yeah. We're going to get a great big convoy across the U.S. But of course... Homer has this really, really loud, booming voice. And he sings everything on one note. Yep. And it creates a lot of uh, feedback and static on the radio, so it doesn't sound good at all. Lisa's Lisa's covering her ears not to hear it. Mm -hmm. And and the dog actually, I guess, enjoys it and starts howling along with Homer singing this part. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, Marge walks by. And then he makes an announcement uh, for Marge over the radio. Uh, he says, what? What are you saying? I can't understand. Because he's talking so loud, right? And it's AM radio, so it's real distorted. Mm-hmm. You can't hear it. And then Homer kind of like, you see his face uh, kind of like droop. And he, his head even drops down. And like he's like, ah, oh, my gift sucks. Right? Yes. It's kind of like he realizes that his gift sucks. Mm-hmm. And then in his room, Bart's like, what a crappy birthday. And he's throwing the ball against the wall, right? And this time, Marge comes in with the radio microphone. And she says, you know, this isn't so bad, right? And then she talks into it. Right. Instead does. of yelling into it like and Homer she does. She does her, testing, testing, one, two, three. And she goes, oh my, do I sound like that? <laughs> and by the way, guys, uh, if you've never heard yourself uh, being recorded and you hear yourself back, you will not like it. Yeah. You're like, that don't sound like that. We're still getting used to it. Yeah, yeah. When I listen to my podcast, I really sound like that. Yep. Even when I was in the Army. <laughs> when I was in the Army, I was a radio guy. And I'd be on the radio all the time. And like, this is Dragon 2-3 Golf, blah, blah, blah. 
And then uh, we had a bunch of people come into the Kamo shop, right? And that's where that's where I used to work. And people go, hey, uh, who the hell is Dragon 2-3 Golf? I'm like, hey, that's me. I'm like, really, Garcia, that's you? I'm like, yeah, why? You sound like a damn white guy over the radio. <laughs> like, okay. So, yeah, not uncommon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody hates the sound of their own voice pretty much. Yep, yeah, that is very true. Um, <laughs> so then we... Um, so Bart's kind of like, all right, well, maybe the microphone's okay at this point. And we cut to Homer. And Homer is downstairs in the fridge. And he opens the freezer and he pulls out a box of ice cream. The Neapolitan. The Neapolitan ice cream. Which, of course, for those of you that don't know, is the one that has vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. Yep. Yep. He opens it up and the chocolate's all gone chocolate. and there's nothing but vanilla and strawberry. He puts it back. He grabs another one. Mmm, chocolate. Nothing but vanilla and strawberry. He puts it back, grabs another one. Again, the chocolate's gone and nothing but vanilla and strawberry. Now, I will say this. My wife used to buy this. And I got annoyed to the point that she finally stopped buying this. You know why I got so annoyed? They would eat all the chocolate and all the vanilla. And they would leave the damn strawberry ice cream. And I would have to eat it. Yeah. I was going to say, if you've ever lived in a house with more than one person with you, that's going to happen. Same thing happened in my household growing up all the time. My sister would eat the chocolate ice cream. Mm -hmm. Guys, uh, if you wind up having kids, a wife and kids, uh, get used to it. Yeah. The proper way to eat that is you're supposed to go across yes. and mix get it all, all three together. flavors. Yep. No. Mix it all in. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we, we, we finally stopped buying that. So now just buy the chocolate. Mm -hmm. And then after he realizes there's no more uh, chocolate, he says, Marge! We need some more vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry ice cream. So, same mistake again. Yep. And as he's saying this, the radio crackles to life. He's like, people of Earth, this is Bartron, commander of the Martian Invasion Force. Your planet is in our hands. Resistance is useless. And Homer freaks out. <laughs> yes. So, of course, this is making reference to mm. War of the Worlds. Yep, back in the day. Yes, H.G. Wells, mm -hmm. which, if you don't know the story, there was a radio broadcast that the Earth was being invaded. They were just reading the story. But, but people, people freaked yes, out. They freaked out. They actually thought we were being invaded. Mm -hmm. And so does Homer. Yes. So Homer goes and he grabs his shotgun. Yes. Until he realizes it was Bart. Yeah. And of course, what does he do? He does his, why you little? <laughs> and as he's strangling Bart, he realizes... That Bart actually was using his gift and he liked it. Mm -hmm. Right? So Homer forgives him. Yep. But he makes him promise that he's not going to play any more practical jokes. Yep. And Bart, of course, agrees. But of course, we know that Bart's promises aren't really worth much, are they? Yeah, they're not. Because he slaps a property of Bart Simpson label on Homer's blood at this point, too. Yes, he does. <laughs> so then we get to, um, we cut to Marge and she's putting Maggie to bed. And she takes out her pacifier. And big moment here. Mm -hmm. Because as Marge is turning to leave, we hear Maggie say, Mama, Mama. And Marge is like, oh my goodness, Maggie's talking. Her first words. Yep. And then she kind of like leans in and she finds that radio under her, under Maggie's pillow. Yep. And he's like, sorry, lady. <laughs> he, got, he really got her and Marge was annoyed. And then... He uses the microphone not to uh, transmit his mess, his voice. 
Yes. But he puts it under Lisa's bed while she has friends over. Yes, and they're talking about boys and all that, and he's eavesdropping on the whole thing. Uh, him and Milhouse, right? Yeah, him and Milhouse. And uh, they're t- uh, she's he's listen. They're listening to Lisa talking about. Uh, they're reading a magazine about Corey's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Corey's, and he's like, and then I dreamt that uh, Cor- we lived on a pony farm. And he walked around with his shirt off all the time. And the Bart and Milhouse are trying not to crack up too bad, too too loudly next door in his room. But alas, the pranks are not over at this point. No, no. Because then we cut to Springfield Elementary and uh, Miss Krabappel sits down at her chair and we hear fart noises. Yep, Bart goes... <laughs> yep. And so everybody's laughing, and then, of course, the radio is under her chair. Yep. And all the kids are like, bravo, bravo. Yep. Right. Even Nelson congratulates him yes. on the trick, on, yes. the, on the prank. And then we get to my favorite prank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bart sees Rod and Todd. Yes, right, Flanders kids. Yeah, Flanders kids, right? The next door neighbors sitting in their room listening to the radio. So Bart goes and gets his microphone, and he says, Rod. Todd, this is God. And Rod is like, how did you get on the radio? Bart's like, what do you mean? How do I get on the radio? I created the universe, stupid kid. And so Todd and Rod fall to their knees, clasp their hands together. And Todd says, forgive my brother. We believe you. And Bart's like, talk is cheap. Perhaps a taste of, perhaps I'll test a guy's faith. Walk through the wall. I will remove it for you. And so Rod walks and bonk. Right into the wall. He says, and then he starts laughing. He says, later. <laughs> right? And then Rod and Todd both go back to their little prayer pose. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Todd asks God, as he thinks it is, He's like, what do you want from us? He says, I got a job for you. Bring forth all the cookies from your kitchen and leave them on the Simpsons porch. And Rod is a little apprehensive. He's like, but those cookies belong to our parents. Oh, Look. Do you want a happy God or a vengeful God? Happy God, real quick. <laughs> then quit flapping your lips and make with the cookies. And they both say, yes, sir. And they get up and they run to go get all the cookies. I do love that line, though. Do you want a happy, happy God, God or, or a vengeful, vengeful God? God. <laughs> uh, do you want the Old Testament God yep. or the New Testament God? Exactly. So next thing we know, Bart is walking around and he's twirling his microphone. He's very pleased with himself at yep. this point. He's treating it like a gun right now, yeah, right? Yeah. He's, he's like really, really happy that he's found a use for this microphone. Next thing we know, we see him at the old school well. Apparently there's a well, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's at the school because Groundskeeper Willie is nearby. That's true. And so Bart... Lowers, uh, he ties his radio up with a rope and then he lowers it down the well. By the way, uh, this was a transistor radio. Ah, right? Yes, I think so. So, I don't know if you guys know what a transistor radio is. It is a very, very small radio. Yeah, that's the best description. It's only AM, FM. Most of the time, it's only AM, right? But uh, that's what a transistor radio is. It's not a Walkman or anything. You can't plug headphones into it. It's just a very crude, simple radio. Yep. Very small. So Bart's lowering this thing into the well, but he loses control. He loses grip of it, and it falls to the bottom. Mm-hmm. 
And as uh, groundskeeper Willie is around there, he hears sound from the well saying, help, help, you know, from the well. And he takes a swig of his liquor and he, what does he say? I don't, um, what is it? I forget what he says, but he tears his Yeah, he tears his shirt off. And this is where we get one of those scenes that we'll see again later in the series that apparently groundskeeper Willie is a specimen of a man. He is jacked. He is jacked beyond belief. Yeah, he's got six-pack muscles everywhere. Huge packs. He's just ready to go. Yep. <laughs> and I, he runs through traffic, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... Basically thinking that there's a kid stuck in there. And he goes and he gets his plow. (laughs) And he drives his plow as quickly as he can down the street to get help. But we all know that those plows don't go very fast. And in the meantime, Bart is laughing and he just says, sucker. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take very long for the word to, to get around Springfield that there is a boy stuck in the well. Soon, it is surrounded by police tape and policemen and curious onlookers, and even Kent Brockman yes, is there. Kent Brockman is there. The news has arrived, mm-hmm. and so they're asking now who's down there. And Bart, of course, gives a fake name, and he, he kind of is, disguises his voice. Too. Yes, he kind of makes it a little higher like that. And his name is Timmy O'Toole, and he's an orphan who was turned away from Springfield Elementary by Principal Skinner on account of his shabby clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And Skinner happens to be there. He denies the accusations, but nobody's buying it. Yeah, everybody's pissed at Skinner now. (laughs) Yeah, they're just giving him the stink eye. right? And then Kent Brockman there is like, the circumference of the well is 34 inches. So unfortunately, not one member of our city's police force is slender enough to rescue the boy. (laughs) So... Basically, all the cops are fat in Springfield. Yeah, and then Chief Wiggum is getting after them. He's like, oh, you guys are a disgrace. Yes. And they're, they say, why don't you go, Chief? He says, because oh, I'm too uh, important. Yeah, and in the meantime, they're eating donuts this whole time. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, Kent continues with the story and says that Timmy's foot is caught under a rock, so they can't simply pull him up because he might become injured from that. Yep. And uh, so we, they have, yeah, they have all the some of the characters in, in Springfield now trying to figure out ways to get the kid out. Yep, and we see a falconer. Um, those of you that don't know what a falconer is, is a guy that trains falcons to hunt, right? We see a falconer explaining that his bird will fly into the well, grasp the boy with his claws, and pull him up. Uh, out of the well and just drop him safely into his hands. Yes. So he kind of like takes the uh, eye covers off the falcon mm-hmm. and the falcon just flies away. Just takes off and doesn't come back. <laughs> yep, just flies away. Next thing we know, we see a guy with a fish hook and a bar of chocolate. Now, th- this is my favorite part of the episode. Well, my favorite reference because I'm a big fan of Jaws <laughs> and this guy is like Quint yeah. And so he says he has a this guy, random dude, has a fish hook and a bar of chocolate mm-hmm. that he's going to get him. And then he says, and then I'll clean him for free. <laughs> Just like Quint yep. in Jaws. <laughs> clean him? I don't know. Um, what's the purpose of rescuing him if he plans on cleaning him? I know. but, but By the way, but, guys, we're talking in the sense of cleaning a fish, not, mm-hmm. not as in cleaning yourself. Yeah. And I love that line in Jaws where he's like, I'll find him for that much. 
I think it's 5,000. But mm-hmm. I'll catch him and kill him for 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a very good movie. You haven't seen it, guys. And uh, then we see Professor Frank. Yes. He says, although we can't reach the boy, we can freeze him with liquid nitrogen so future generations can rescue him. Right, and he pours liquid nitrogen down this little model he has, and then he uses a plunger, right, and he pulls out the uh, block of ice with yeah. a little kid in so there. Apparently, that's his plan. Mm-hmm. And so we cut. Uh, while this is going on, the Simpsons are sitting in the in the living room, ready to have dinner, watching the TV. Yeah, uh, they're having TV dinners. Yes. Uh, TV dinners, guys. Microwave dinners. There you go. That's what the TV dinners so are. Little trays out there. Uh huh. And then uh, Marge starts to pray. She's like, "Dear Lord, before we peel the before we peel the foil back from your bounty," referring to the micro the microwave meals. Right? Marge asks God to keep an eye on poor Timmy O'Toole. Yes. And Bart starts to laugh. And uh, Homer is kind of offended by this. He's like, "That Timmy's a real hero." And Lisa's like, "Well, how? How do you mean, Dad?" Well, he fell down a well, and he can't get out. And Lisa asks, well, how does that make him a hero? Well, that's more than what you did. <laughs> Bart, I mean, uh, Homer's simple answer, right? Yep. Next thing we know, we're back oh, on TV. <laughs> we're back uh, watching TV, right? And it's Channel 6's own Krusty the Clown. And he's telling everybody how he's gathered members of the entertainment community... Uh, who normally steer uh, clear of fashionable causes, mm-hmm. and they've gotten together to sing a song called "We're Sending Our Love Down the Well" yes. to now, raise money for Timmy O'Toole. Now, of course, this is in reference to the "We Are the World" thing that went on yep. around that time, and so we cut to Krusty. I love this story. He does a very good uh, Bruce Springsteen impersonation on the song, by the way. That's true. Anyway, so he says, Krusty says, I called my good friend Sting, and he said, Krusty, when do you need me? I said, Thursday. He said, I'm busy Thursday. And then I said, how about Friday? Friday's worse than Thursday. Then he said, how about Saturday? I said, fine. True story. Yep. So, yeah, Sting was there exactly when um, Krusty needed him. Now, if you don't know who Sting is... Ay, Dios mío. I know. Well, he is a famous singer. And bass player. Bass player, right? He used to be in this band. The Police. Uh-huh. Yes. And then he broke off and he went sing- He had a- his own single career. Yes. And since then, yes, the police have reunited mm-hmm. now and then. But yes, Sting is a big deal. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, and Kent starts to interview Sting and Krusty. When they and then they start to show the video, right? And then Sting starts to sing, uh, "Forgive me for my singing, guys." He's like, "There's a hole in my heart as deep as a well for that little boy who's stuck halfway to hell." And then more celebrities. We have Sideshow Mel. He says, "Though we can't get him out, we'll do the next best thing." And then McBain comes on. <laughs> we go on TV and sing, sing, sing. Yes. And then all of them start going together, and we're sending our love down the well. And then Krusty jumps in all the way down. <laughs> we're sending our love down the well. Down that well. Doing a good Springsteen impersonation from uh, We Are the World. Yeah, pretty good. 
I've always I've always thought it was really funny how Bruce Springsteen starts the song live because it's always the same. You ever notice that? It just does that. Three, four. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> hey, he's the boss. Well, I'm not a big fan, but no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not a. Uh, I don't live on the Upper East Coast. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not a aficionado, but I do appreciate some of his songs. <laughs> he's got a few in there. I'll, I'll admit that. I do appreciate some of his songs. And so, uh, <laughs> Kent now asks Krusty, what's he going to do with all the royalties? And Krusty says, well, you know, we have to pay for promotion, shipping, distribution, the limos we rented, whatever's left over, we're going to throw down the well. <laughs> I wonder how much of that Krusty's actually just going to pocket. Well, he's you know? probably going to uh, pocket most of that. And so, um, the field around the well at this point, it's been a few days, I'm guessing, and it's... A, the uh, Timmy O'Toole Amusement Park. They're even charging admission. Yes, to go see the well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this point, Lisa is watching another itchy and scratchy cartoon. And of course, the theme is something with a well. Yep, it's it's got that Timmy O'Toole theme, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we see uh, Itchy. That's the cat. That's the mouse, right? Itchy mm-hmm. uh, jump in the well, right, pretending to kill himself. But he safely lands on a brick that's kind of like sticking out in the well. Yeah. And uh, Scratchy throws himself to save the mouse. Yep. But he didn't need any saving. No. Right. And he kind of just like laughs at him as he plummets to his death. Yeah. Because there are a bunch of sharp spikes waiting for Scratchy at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Very. And you know what? This is 92. So I'm pretty sure that was a little Mortal Kombat reference in there. Yeah. There you go. And then we see uh, Scratchy's spirit <laughs> rising up from the body. And as he gets close to Itchy, Itchy put, puts pulls out a spirit gun, I guess, because he blows out Scratchy's brains. Yeah. And he, of course, goes Falls back, back down. down. Yeah. Uh, while all this is happening, uh, Santa's little helper has gotten his... Uh, pause. Pause. On the microphone, right? And when we say pause, we actually mean his mouth, right? Because that's what dogs do. And he's growling as Bart is trying to wrestle the microphone away from the well. And so everybody hears this growling from the well and people start freaking out. Yeah, and then they, uh, they interrupt the show for a special report. And Kent Brockman asks Dr. Marvin Monroe for an explanation. Yes. And Dr. Marvin Monroe says that the child is clearly returning into uh, turning into a, a feral stage. Right? And they show uh, the artist conception, right? And we see a little wolf boy. Yep. And at this point, Lisa is, sees Bart trying to pry the uh, microphone out of Santa Little Helper's mouth. And she figures it out. Yep. Yeah. And he, Bart finally gets the mic out of his mouth and he's, he goes back in Timmy's voice. He's like, uh, I was trying to chew my leg off. And then he, he says, I'm going to go to sleep now. And he turns it off and uh, just tries to play it off. Play it off, right? And so Lisa, of course, the voice of reason, mm-hmm. she tells Bart very simply, when the townspeople find out that this is a hoax, they're going to kill you. <laughs> yep. And Bart says, how are they going to find out? And she says, I bet you were stupid enough to have left the property of Bart Simpson label on the radio. And then, of course, we see his shocked expression. Boom, boom, boom. Right. We see those 
Yep. And the camera just zooms into the radio across town, and there it is, the property of Bart Simpson label. And Bart yells, don't! Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Later that evening, we see two cops, so I think it was Lou and, uh, what's his face? Uh, I forget the other cop's name, but one of them was Lou. And they're reading Cinderella. Uh, they're reading a book to Timmy in the well. Yeah. And then they go for a coffee break. While they're gone, Bart uh, comes over and he ties a rope around a tree, a stump, a tree stump. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of like tries to uh, repel. repel down the well to get his radio. But as he was doing that, the cops came back. They saw the rope. They said, somebody's going to trip on this. Yeah. And they kicked the rope off the stump. And Bart's just, ah! Now, for real, He's Bart has landed at the bottom of the well. Mm -hmm. And his foot's trapped under a rock. Yes. Everything he said happened to Timmy O'Toole is now happened to Bart. Yep. Uh, so... As he's trapped in the bottom of the well with his foot trapped under a rock, he's like, what did I do to deserve this? Yep. And he yells for help. And the cops are there. Uh -huh. And they're kind of confused. And Bart admits that this was a joke. This is a big prank. It was a big prank that kind of backfired of him. And the cop says, you know, you know, I guess we can pull our own prank. And they just kind of like walk away. They take off. I love and that. And they leave Bart there. But they go... To tell Homer and Marge that now Bart, Bart is trapped in the well. Yep. It's not Timmy. It's Bart. And both uh, Homer and Marge go down, the uh, go down to the well. And they've drawn a little small, uh, small crowd, right? And Homer's like, don't worry, son. Just because you're trapped in a hole doesn't mean you can't live a rich, full life. Yeah. And Homer tries to be nice here. He, he tosses Bart's crusty doll down the uh, well and it hits Bart in the head. And Bart isn't happy about this. And he's like, ow, knock it off, you bald boob. <laughs> and then Homer's like, hey, don't make me go down there. And Bart says, I'd like to see you fit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, later, we see Chief Wiggum. And he says they've located a piece of machinery in Shreveport, Louisiana, that they could use to get uh, Bart out. But there's no room in the budget to get, to bring it to Springfield. And I like what he says. He says, your boy picked a bad time to fall down a well. If he had done it at the start of the fiscal year, no problemo. But <laughs> and then he even, he even says, and Timmy O'Toole, well, people love that boy. <laughs> right? We, they, they do it for Timmy, but they, they're not going to do it for Bart. They're not going to do it for Bart, no. No, no, they're certainly not, right? And then we come back to Kent Brockman interviewing Homer and Marge. And Kent's like, the time has come for finger pointing and most of them are pointed squarely uh are I'm sorry are, a are squarely aimed at the boy's parents. <laughs> and I love Homer's excuse here. It's not our fault. We didn't want the boy. He was an accident. <laughs> and Marge's like, "Homer." <laughs> and he's like, "Uh, could you cut edit that last part out?" <laughs> and Kent's like, "Mr. Simpson, we're live coast to coast." No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning uh, we see the uh, little girls in the playground. Mm -hmm. They've made up a jump rope rhyme about Bart, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and Lisa tells them to stop. And they say, oh, okay, I'm sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. But when she leaves, yeah, they, they keep, keep going. going. They, they keep, keep going. going, right? 
because um, they're they're basically trying to guess on how many days he has left to live. Yeah. Right. And so then we cut to uh, the radio, right? Casey Kasem. Okay. <laughs> and uh, they start talking about the new hits. The mm. new number one hit is I Do Believe We're Naked by the Funky C, Funky Do lip singers that we saw at the beginning of the episode. Yep. And it replaces We're Sending Our Love Down the Well, which plunges all the way down to number 47. 97. 97. <laughs> oh, 97. I'm sorry. 97. You're right. Oh. <laughs> uh. It didn't take long for them to just forget about Bart. Next thing we know, we're having a press conference. And we see Mayor Diamond Joe Quimby. Yes. He's like, ever since I called for the rescue of that Simpson lad, I've taken a lot of heat. So I'm flip-flopping. I say, let him stay down there. Ah, uh, yes. And the true example of a politician. Yep. And this is when we see the roving reporter, Dave Sutton, and he's writing his story. Town to well boy. No more free food. Uh, then he gets, uh, he has his little, he's about to write the story, but then he gets a call about a hot lead on an even bigger story. Yes. And the bigger story is that somebody just shot a squirrel that remembered, that resembled, resembled yes. Abraham Lincoln. So bigger fish to fry at this point. Yeah. Apparently, that squirrel is more important than Bart here. Yep. And so, Marge, we cut, we fast forward a little bit, and Marge and Homer are paying a visit to the well at night. Yes, they are, right? And so, Marge, you know, is talking to Bart. She says, Bart, honey, I made you an extra warm sweater you can wear while you're down in the well. And she tosses it down. And Bart says, Mom, it's too big. Homer Homer says, Don't worry, you'll grow into it. Uh, Homer's not providing much reassurance here, is he? Yeah. And Bart has kind of a remorse moment here. He yeah. says, you know, I've done a lot of bad stuff through the years. I guess now I'm paying the price. But there's so many things I'll never get a chance to do. Smoke a cigarette, use a fake ID, shave a swear word into my hair, and he starts crying. Right. And at this point, Homer says, I, I've taken all I can take. I can't take no more. Yeah, it just broke Homer's heart, basically. <laughs> yep. The fact that he can't smoke a cigarette, use a fake ID. All things shaves. that Homer has done, by the way. Yes. So. Uh, what does he do? He goes and he grabs a shovel from Willie's shack and he starts digging. While Marg gets a wheelbarrow to move the dirt out of the way. And groundskeeper Willie is like... Now, why didn't I think of that? And then he, that's where he whoosh, rips off his shirt to see his, you know, Arnold in his prime physique, basically, mm-hmm. that he has. And he starts shoveling also. And so people start to show up. Somebody shows up with a pickaxe. Right. And then uh, <laughs> Kid Brockman interrupts with a special news bulletin that the Lincoln squirrel has been assassinated. Of course it has. Mm-hmm. While the entire town, apparently, has joined in the effort to dig Bart out. Yes. And we get some old school mining references here. Right. Because they're they're pretty far down. And Willie's down there. Apu's down there. I'm trying to remember who else is down there. There's a few people down there. Homer's down there. Yeah. And, of course, if you know a little bit of your history of mining, mm-hmm. they used to take canaries with them into the mines. Just in case you ran into some natural gas or something down there, the canary would die and you would know, "Uh uh-oh, we shouldn't be breathing this stuff. It's time to get out. Yep. And so the canary is dead. Right. And they, Apu Apu says, 
dead canary, right? And Willie's all, like, everybody out of the hole! Willie knows what's going on. Yep. They all panic, they run out, and then Dr. Hibbert concludes that the canary died of natural causes, and everybody runs back! Yep. And they start to to shovel, right? And even Sting shows up yep, now. Sting He's shows big. up for shoveling, right? And Marge is like, Sting, you look tired. Maybe you should take a rest. And then Sting says, not while one of my fans needs me. And Marge is like, actually, I don't know if, uh, if, I've, if I've ever heard Bart play one of your albums. And Homer's like, shh, Marge. He's a good digger. <laughs> <laughs> and then it is Sting who actually manages to break through and get to Bart. and But as soon as he does, Homer just pushes him out of the way. Yeah. Right? He just pushes him out of the way. Right? And he's, uh, Homer tells Bart, don't worry, son. They're going to make sure no one ever falls down this well ever again. And after all of this has been cleaned up, we see groundskeeper Willie hammering a caution. Well, sign down next to the well. And that is how they are going to make sure that this never happens again. Or as Willie says, that should do it. Yep. <laughs> Instead of covering it or filling it, they're just going to put a... Little warning sign yep. on there. There's not even any water down there. Why did they need that well? I don't know. Uh, it's Springfield. It is Springfield. Very, very... Un- a lot of unexplainable things happen in Springfield. Yeah. And that is scene for this episode. Yep. Right there. We wrap the show right here. Um, so, uh, what were your favorite moments from this? Uh, Willie, of course. I, I love anytime Willie. Shirt ripping. Like, anytime Willie does something, I love it. Um, I, I love the intro of Homer just drooling over the TV. <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff in here. The Jaws references. There, there's some good moments in this episode. Yes, uh, I, I do agree. Uh, me, personally... What I liked the most was when Homer stopped kind of like strangling Bart when he had that epiphany. Hey, he actually likes my gift, right? Like, why am I choking my son when he's using my gift, right? That was one of my favorite moments. Uh, Homer actually thought about it. Yeah. Instead of just angrily reacting like he usually does. Uh, So on a scale of one to five, don't. Nuts. What would you give this? This to me is a uh, it's a solid four. I would give it four donuts. It's not it's not the most amazing episode. It's very entertaining. But it's very good. It's very good. There's moments that I like a lot. I honestly think it's about a three, but with the good references in it, the we are the world and all that stuff, it's it's a solid four. Yeah, I agree with you. What makes it a four for me also is this has happened before. Yes, this has this happened is, before. This has happened before. Will it happen again in the future? I'm yes. Sure, I'm sure it will. Yes, works. it's going to keep happening. Right? So, uh, I, I do agree with you. I do give this a solid four. Don't nuts. Um, it is not one of my all-time favorites, but... I'm not going to change the channel. I'm not going to change the channel when it's yeah. on. Either. It's, it's no. a classic. It is a classic episode. Uh-huh. It really is. It, it's, it's a very entertaining episode. Um, the way Bart's pranks just kind of like backfire on him. Mm-hmm. But he, and, and he doesn't learn anything from it either. Yeah. Because he's going to keep doing this in the future. And I do like how they poke fun at the celebrities for getting involved in these causes and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, and they still do it. Uh, like yeah. uh, when they were doing the Imagine, 
over the whole COVID thing. This Which makes zero sense to me whatsoever because you have all these very rich celebrities singing Imagine mm. and a line in that song is Imagine There's No Possessions, which is everything you have. Yes, but uh, <laughs> but your loved ones may have just died and they're like, Imagine There's No Heaven. Yeah. And they're like, what the hell? Exactly. <laughs> so mm, people really misunderstand that song a lot. Yes, yes. Uh, it's not... Um, the it doesn't have the sentiment that people think it does. No, so imagine know? there's no heaven, it's easy, which is John Lennon criticizing religion. Yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> yep, and no possessions. They're commun yeah. uh, praising communism, socialism, stuff like that. Uh, if you're into that, good for you. But again, is that an appropriate thing to sing while people are dying? Probably not. No, especially at that time, they weren't even letting, they, they might not even be doing it now. Mm -hmm. They're not even letting you uh, hold a proper funeral exactly. for your family members. Yeah, I don't, I look, I don't, I don't give a damn how attractive Gal Gadot is. That was not, that yeah. was not good. <laughs> I'm a big Gal Gadot fan. It was almost as bad as the new Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed watching it. Oh, yeah. That's all I'll say about. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. No, it was great to look at. I'll tell you. That. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a great visual movie. Yes, it was. Uh, so before we end this episode, is there anything you'd like to say? Well, I'm just everybody. Keep being safe. Drink your water. Eat your vitamins. Exercise. Get in the sun. Mm -hmm. Wear your mask. Yep. All those things. I know it's a little hard now that it's winter. The sun is uh, not out as much as we'd like it to be. Mm -hmm. uh, we need that UV light to kill the Rona. Uh, uh, at least go for a jog. Do some push-ups. Yeah, yeah. Make <laughs> sure you keep your body in some kind of shape. Give yourself a chance in case you do contract the Rona to fight it off. Just in case you are not one of those lucky people that are asymptomatic. Yes, indeed. All right, guys. So, until we meet again, au revoir, suckers. <laughs>